Welcome to Hands on Health, the podcast all about living your healthiest life on the coast. I'm your host, Felicia Struvi. In this episode, I'm joined again by Dr. Regina Mishlivietz, the director of CMH's emergency department. We're talking about the COVID-19 test, the limitations of it, and where to go in Clatsop County if you want to be tested. Welcome. Thank you. So before we started recording, we were talking about uh, that there's a little bit of frustration among some people in the community who want to get tested for COVID-19 and are finding some barriers. Who shouldn't be coming to the emergency room to get tested? Almost no one should come to the emergency department to get a COVID test. People should come to the emergency department if they feel very sick, if there is a true emergency. And then anyone else who's interested about knowing about getting tested or trying to determine if they're sick enough to get tested, they should be reaching out to some other sources of information. There are recommendations by the CDC and the Oregon Health Authority for the types of symptoms that are considered emergent, uh, warranting a call to the ambulance or a trip to the ER. Examples of those are trouble breathing persistent pain or pressure in the chest, confusion that is new, an inability to wake up or stay awake, or bluish lips or face. Those definitely aren't somebody who's got a tickle in the back of their throat or who wants to take a trip to see the grandkids and wants to make sure that they have a negative test before they go. Those people need to seek other options. Yeah, there's a really important reason for that. And it's not because we don't love taking care of people in our community. We really do. But there are two major reasons we ask people whose symptoms are only mild or moderate in severity to stay away from the emergency room and from the urgent cares. First, if people with contagious infectious diseases that can spread go to a shop or go to a friend's house, or come to the hospital, they risk exposing everyone else they come across to that virus. If the person is very, very sick and needs emergent help, then there's the same risk, but the benefit of saving their life is worth the risk of spreading the disease. So we say those people absolutely have to come to the hospital despite the risk involved. The second reason we're asking people with only mild or moderate symptoms to stay away from the hospital is that the urgent care and emergency room have to remain open to help all people with all kinds of emergencies. Every time we take care of someone with a contagious infectious disease like COVID-19, we are at risk of becoming infected and having to stay home from work. We also have to spend time taking care of people with very mild illness And putting on our protective equipment, carefully taking off our protective equipment, washing our hands, making sure we're clean before we then go into another room to take care of someone who might need our help very quickly. For instance, people with heart attacks who go into cardiac arrest and then need CPR, or people with other um, issues that require emergent intervention. Clearly, the emergency room is not the place to go to get tested. It's the place to go if you are at risk of death or major injury. Yeah. But there's this other element, this um, this misunderstanding, I think, among a lot of people about why the hospital might test versus mm-hmm. why the county might test somebody. 
Can you talk us through not only how you as a physician use the COVID-19 test within your practice, but then how the county or how an individual might use it to determine a course of action? Absolutely. So testing as many people as possible was very important early on in the pandemic. So we could get a sense of how many people were affected by severe symptoms of COVID-19. Now it has been 10 months or more of this pandemic in this country and in this part of the country. And the importance of the test has changed slightly. Now you don't have to wait to be tested. We have plenty of tests in the county. Before we didn't have enough tests to test everyone that we wanted to know about. Now you can call county public health and schedule your test. But the hospital doesn't necessarily need to test everyone who has symptoms of COVID-19. Sometimes we can use a test to determine what our medical advice or treatment is going to be for someone who is ill. Now that we know a lot more about SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19, providers at the hospital use the tests in a slightly different way. We are going to test people if the test is medically necessary. In other words, if the results of the test will help us determine the medical treatment we are going to recommend to our patients. But we don't order tests in the urgent care or the emergency room if the only indication for the test is that someone needs to go back to work or someone wants to know if they have COVID-19 or not. The reason we can't use these tests that way is because the tests are not extremely sensitive for the virus. Out of people who have symptoms of COVID-19, about 30% will still test negative. In other words, only 70 out of 100 people who have COVID-19 symptoms and get the test will have a test that says accurately that they have COVID-19. Those other 30 people, 30 out of 100, are going to come away with a test that is negative, which is confusing because they are symptomatic. And there is not a good reason for them to have those symptoms, except for the fact that they have COVID-19. So having that test result, even though it's negative, doesn't change our recommendation to people. Medically, we still have to assume those people have COVID-19 and that they are infected with a contagious virus. And our recommendation is going to be, regardless of the test result, you have to continue to stay home to physically distance from people, to wash your hands and otherwise have good hygiene, to clean high-touch surfaces, avoid crowds, avoid going out to the store, and all of those same things that we've been doing all this time. Well, it sounds like the person who wants to get a negative test before going to a, a party, say, or going to see the grandkids or whatever, that that false sense of security from a false negative could be quite dangerous to them and their family. You've said just exactly the right thing. It's so hard for me to tell people that they still can't enter the safety bubble of someone else's family and home, but it's still not safe to do that. And having a negative test result doesn't make it safer, especially if someone has symptoms. 
I'm Dr. Sarah Humphrey, one of the obstetrician gynecologists at Columbia Memorial Hospital. I got the COVID-19 vaccine on December 23rd, which was an incredibly exciting day for me. And I feel so lucky to have been given the opportunity to have the vaccine, especially so early in its availability. And I would encourage everybody who possibly can to get this vaccine. This is gonna be our path back to normal life and ability to see each other again. I know that there are fears about this vaccine because we don't have long-term safety data but we do have long-term safety data on many, many other vaccines, and the science is there. This vaccine is safe. Doctors across the country are getting this vaccine because we believe in it and we believe it is safe. I strongly encourage everyone to go ahead and get this vaccine to protect yourself, your family, and our community. Well, what about uh, folks who have symptoms, they go and they get tested and they get that negative result mm -hmm. and a couple days later they get a positive result. What's happening there? This is happening a lot um, and it's because we are testing people too soon. The Oregon Health Authority guidelines to providers who can obtain these tests include instructions to test people who have many different kinds of symptoms because those symptoms have been known to be part of COVID-19 disease. But it doesn't give us guidelines on how soon to test people. It doesn't include information regarding how confident we can be in the test result that we obtain when we test someone who has only just started having symptoms the very day we test them. The tests that we use to determine if someone is acutely infected with the virus require a certain threshold of virus to be present in our body before enough is there to be measured accurately. So if we've only just started having symptoms, the virus has only just set up shop. It started to use our body's cells to replicate itself, but it hasn't got a lot of copies replicated yet. So the test won't be able to detect them. And sometimes it takes several days of virus replicating within us for there to be enough copies to be detected by the tests we are using. And better tests are still not available yet. So in a way, it's like you have a bucket of water and an eyedropper of food coloring. Your first drop doesn't change the color of the water. It's only after several drops that all of a sudden you start seeing the blue or the green or whatever. Same sort of thing with uh, being infected. Even if you're getting the sniffles, it might not be enough virus for that test to be able to see it. That's exactly right. Okay. So you got to wait a couple days after getting ill. Yeah. I have reviewed all available information and data. And my recommendation is that people wait until they have had symptoms consistently for 72 hours. If after that time period, their symptoms are not getting better, then it is more likely that the test you get after 72 hours will have a more accurate result than if you had been tested right away. Okay. And in that, in the meantime, between when you started getting the sniffles, let's say, let's say you live in a, in a family or live with someone else, that's a good time to be really careful about spreading mm -hmm. it to the other people you live with. That's right. 
even if you got a negative test somewhere. You can't wait for the test and you really want to know and you call the county and you schedule a test um, and it comes back negative. I, I would say there's really no way you can be confident in that test result. You have to still assume that your symptoms are caused by COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So when is the hospital testing people? If we're not testing people for uh, just curiosity's sake, right. when are we testing them? So if you need to get tested for a procedure, then your surgeon or other provider will be sending an order for the test to the hospital lab. And you can go to any Columbia Memorial Hospital lab location for your swab to Warrington or Seaside Clinics, to the pavilion in Astoria, or at the West Lobby of the main hospital. If you have severe symptoms and you need emergent care, then you should go to the nearest emergency room. You can consider calling ahead or having a family member call ahead to let them know that you are symptomatic so that they can prepare for you to enter the building safely without coming into contact with other patients or employees. If you have only mild symptoms or you don't have any symptoms but think you have been exposed or you need a test for work or travel, you should make an appointment with the public health department. Or you can call the CMH COVID-19 testing clinic to schedule a test. If you're calling the CMH COVID testing line, just remember our recommendation that you wait until you have had persistent symptoms for 72 hours so that we can be more confident in your test results. I was wondering as you were going through different locations, so it's kind of like we're doing tests at three different levels. We've got those very few people who are in the emergency room or urgent care mm-hmm. whose medical care will differ depending on the result. Yeah. There's people who are coming in for a procedure who are getting tested before. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people who are choosing to be um, tested. One thing we're trying to do is have an appropriate place for symptomatic people to get tested if they're not very sick or if they're not really interested in going to the urgent care. Let's say they're pretty sure it's not strep. Uh, They don't think they need particular treatment. They just are symptomatic and need to know if they have COVID. Uh, Then I would say the CMH COVID testing lab is the right place for those people. If what they're looking for is just a test result to explain their symptoms and not an actual, you know, doctor or a nurse practitioner to assess them and treat them. But the benefit of it is only real for people if they wait until they've had symptoms for a few days. Hey there, Felicia here. Thanks for listening. There's no way I could cover all of your questions in one conversation. So if you have a question about COVID-19 or any other health issue, please call 503-338-4654 to leave me a message. I'll do my best to get you an expert answer in an upcoming episode. Now here's a question from a listener like you. Hi, my name is Janet, and I'd like some clarification from the podcast on vaccination about people who are taking, um, I have an autoimmune disease, and I take uh, methotrexate, and I need to know, am I eligible for for a vaccine? Thanks. Bye. 
Good afternoon, everybody. This is Dr. Desai. I'm the medical director at the CMH Knight Cancer Institute, and I'm talking to you today to answer some of the questions that our listeners might have about the COVID-19 vaccine. I think there are some questions regarding whether the vaccine should be taken by immunocompromised patients who are on immunosuppressive medications. Immunocompromised patients can receive the COVID-19 vaccine as per the CDC recommendation, unless they have any other contraindications. The important thing to know and to remember is that we do not know how effective these vaccines are or will be in patients who are on immunosuppressive medications. We do not know how much of immunity they will afford to these patients who are on immunosuppressive medications. However, it is important that you are still considered eligible to receive the vaccine and should have a conversation with your primary care provider. Thanks for that great question, Jenna. And thank you, Dr. Desai, for helping us to answer it. Now, let's get back to Dr. Mishlivietz. So if somebody goes and gets tested and their first test is negative, but they're still symptomatic, how long should they wait before they retest? Um, If you have persistent viral symptoms, but your first test was negative, there are two main possibilities. Either your symptoms are not caused by the coronavirus, or you have COVID-19, but you were tested too soon. So you should stay home and you should take care of yourself and stay away from others. For another 48 hours, 48 hours after your first negative test, if you still have symptoms, you can consider getting tested again. Just make sure that in the meantime, you continue to act as though you have COVID. Don't let a negative test convince you that it's safe for you to be around others. Well, I know there's some people who are saying they were told they have COVID-19 and they never got a test. Um, How can a doctor make that determination without testing? This is a common misconception. So as a physician, I wouldn't tell you that you definitely have COVID-19 without doing a test. But I would say that you have symptoms that are suspicious for and may be COVID-19. And I would tell you to act as though you have COVID-19. Sometimes the test isn't necessary for medical reasons. And there are no medications that can cure COVID-19. So performing a test to tell me if your symptoms are caused by COVID-19 won't help me or any other doctor to actually make you feel better. The treatments for mild and moderate COVID-19 symptoms are the same, whether or not you have a positive test result. Over-the-counter, fever-reducing medication, drinking plenty of water to stay hydrated, eating nutritious meals to keep your body strong so it can fight infection, getting plenty of sleep to help your body rest and recuperate, and staying home to prevent others from catching the disease from you. And this is not, uh, this approach to testing or not testing is not unusual for COVID-19. There's other diseases that you might go to the urgent care for, like the flu, for example, that you don't always get tested. You're just told, "Eh, it looks like you have the flu. Here's what to do. That's exactly right. The reason we will test someone for the flu includes if it's a child and we might treat them, if it's an older person or someone with lung disease, 
And knowing whether they have the flu or not will help us decide if we should treat them. Or if someone is so sick that they need to be admitted to the hospital. So what message, if you were going to give a take-home message to our listeners, what would that be? I know it's redundant to say, but the safest thing to do, what we can do to protect our families and our communities is to stay home and keep practicing all the safe distancing and cleaning practices that we've been practicing all these months. Remembering that getting a test and having it be negative is not reassuring if we still have symptoms because we might have COVID-19 and the test might be falsely negative. Well, I think uh, it's, you know, you've said it for months. We need to keep doing the social distancing. We need to keep we need to keep doing what we need to do to end the pandemic. And, yeah. and this is part of it, regardless of the results of the test. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate you joining me again today. And um, fingers crossed in a couple more months, we'll be able yeah. to meet in person and, and have a little <laughs> look back on yeah. remember the pandemic. So Absolutely. I look forward to it every day. Yeah. Thank, thanks for doing this with me. It's so important to me that people have access to this information. Well, and you are a wealth of information. I think one of the things that our listeners probably don't know is that you also have a background in epidemiology. So the study of disease. Yeah. So this is right up your alley. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to be able to explain it. And uh, I, I'm hoping that people who are listening, if you have questions, they'll get their questions in. We've had some people send questions in, and it's been, um, it's been really nice to be able to answer those questions directly. So keep sending yes, them in. Please, please do that. Great. Well, thank you, and have a nice day. You too. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Felicia Struvi, and this has been an episode of Hands on Health, brought to you by Columbia Memorial Hospital.